Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Alltech. It's in the animal feed business, crop business, beverage business, and now Western wear business. Yes, that's right. When Alltech acquired Master Feeds in Canada in 2016, a small retail chain called Cowtown was included. Here to tell us his story and the Cowtown story is General Manager Randy LaMontagne. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us more about Cowtown. Uh, well, I guess I'd start by saying Cowtown is a about a 20,000 square foot retail store in Regina is where we started. Saskatchewan, uh, largely Western wear, tack, saddlery, uh, animal health, feed supplies, and pet food and pet supplies. That's quite a bit of diversity there. What is the history? Well, I guess the history is in, in about 1994, a fellow named Ray Hako uh, built a feed mill in Regina and uh, started tacking on basically a uh, an office and decided as he was building the office he was in construction and decided to uh, expand it a little bit and put a pet food retail store in and and sometime in the construction uh, which I suppose lasted maybe six months or so uh, he ended up on a trip down in Texas traveling around in his car one day and ran into a big western wear store and phoned home and said you know what halt halt the construction here. I want to build up a second level and put a Western wear store on top. So it was one entrepreneur with some big dreams and he just kept dreaming bigger and, and building as he went. And that's kind of how it started. Some people may know Cowtown as a Western wear retailer, but as you pointed out, it didn't start that way. And it's actually much more diverse than that. Can you give us an idea of the breakdown of products, the areas that they operate in? It is uh, quite a bit more diverse, I guess, because I think the biggest thing that <clears throat> that makes us successful is the diversity that we've got. We've got uh, quite a line of consumables. When you consider the pet food and the feed for livestock, those I I use the term consumables because it's it's something that people need on a frequent basis. Uh, and that helps drive Western wear sales. It helps drive uh, sales of all the other categories that we carry in the building. If you're coming in, you know, a typical Western wear customer, you might see once every two to three months, for example. But if they're buying their pet food from you or their feed from you, now you can increase the repetition. You can increase the frequency of that customer visit to your store. And maybe you're seeing that same customer two to three times per month instead of once every two to three months. And by doing that and and having that consumable ready for them to, to purchase, now you expose them to your clothing lines and some of your other soft good lines on a more frequent basis. And, and they'll buy maybe because they see something they like, not so much because they need it, but they're buying on emotion. They, they get attached to something. They see something on a mannequin or they see you wearing something, the staff wearing something or. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know it's, it's kind of interesting and uh, just where you came from and how you, be, how you came to be general manager at Cowtown. <laughs> well, there, there's a long, long story to that. So I won't go through it all, but uh, I guess 
I grew up on a farm in, in southeastern Saskatchewan. Um, on a family farm, we had land spread out um, in two different areas. Uh, and uh, we farmed land, we farmed grain farm and cattle, pigs, chickens, horses, all that. We're a mixed farming operation. And in about the mid 70s, we bought a service station in our small town, in our small community, a community of 600 people, right between our two farms. And we started operating that service station. And my dad decided that one day that, you know, we could get more traffic and get busier if we built onto that. And we built a grocery store onto it. And, and then we had a sporting goods and guns and ammo uh, store onto it. And then farm ag belts and bearings. And we just kept building and building and building and expanding with, with opportunities and, and needs. And then, uh, so I kind of grew up in retail. Um, I worked oil rigs um, just out of high school. Um, I at one point I owned a bar and restaurant and hotel. I've sold cars. I've um, took an engineering class and and got my uh, power engineers tickets. And and uh, just when I was starting a, a new job in a in the power engineering career is when I happened to meet this Ray Hako in an auto body shop and. He actually, it's it's the old godfather saying, like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. It's what he did to me. <laughs> and he, he actually got me to come in and, and manage his Western Wear store. And and that was twenty about 21 years ago I started that. And, and I found my niche. I really found what I enjoy is, is just dealing with people. And I find in this industry, it's a down-to-earth industry. And it's uh, I have a lot of fun with the customers, the staff everybody it's just it's been a it's been a great experience let's bring it back to cowtown what's a breakdown of sales look like with all these different groups i would say we're about right now we're about 35 percent of the business is is on the pet side um and about 30 percent of it is on the western war side and the rest is the animal health and feed so do you tailor the products that you offer in each store based upon the location that the, and the community that they're serving? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to get to know your customer and get to know the area you're in. And, and anytime we start a new store, or go into a new area, I mean, we do a little homework, uh, do a little research, but then you're constantly changing and you're constantly evolving and your customer to a certain degree dictates that. I always ask our staff to keep a notepad by the till. And if a customer asks you for something, whether you have it or not is immaterial at the time, but write it down. Offer the service, offer the advice. If you don't have the product that they're particularly looking for, uh, recommend someone. Even if it's a competitor, recommend where they can get it because you're still helping that customer out. And they're still you're still providing them a service, even if it's just an answer of where they can get it if it's, if it's not you at the time. But as you make those notes... Uh, on a daily basis with your customers, you'll start to see trends and you can, I'll pull those notepads for away from the tills every once in a while and check through them myself. And when I start seeing the same thing written down two, three times, and you got to start to think, okay, you know, here's an opportunity. Here's something our customers are asking for. So what's a, it sounds like customer service is a big aspect of Cowtown. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, and it's, it's almost cliche. Everybody says, customer service, customers number one, customers first. But unless you really believe it and are passionate about it, it's just a saying. You really have to focus on it. I think in these days with competition so fierce for 
everybody's hard-earned dollar. Uh, shopping to me is is almost a, uh, what would I call it, a form of entertainment. There, there's two types of shopper. There's the guy that the, that needs something. He knows exactly what he needs. He just wants to get in your store, get his product that he's after and get out with no hassle, you know. Um, but then there's uh, the other type of, of uh, customer that, that shopping becomes a form of entertainment. They're looking around and they're taking their time. And that's not me. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm more the guy that wants to get in and out and, and uh, get what I want. But you have to provide an experience, I think, for customers. And I've always said, if you can put a smile on somebody's face, they'll remember you. And if you can accomplish that, then you get that customer talking about you, talking to his friends and neighbors and, and recommending you. It's becoming increasingly difficult for small businesses to compete against big boxes. So as part of that, you've highlighted on the customer service and the entertainment aspect. Are those key strategies in competing against the big boxes? How does Cowtown do it? Um, I guess, yeah, in a sense, they're, they're key strategies. You, you, even, you, you use the term big box and... And we all say it like think outside that box, get outside the box, do things that are creative. I use the term shock and awe. I like to look for things that create a little shock and awe. There's, there's an area in the brain called Broca's area. It's about the size of your thumbnail. And it's kind of the gatekeeper to what makes sense here, what you're going to pay attention to or listen to. And I, I, for example, I use radio ads heavily. That's 90% of my advertising campaign is is radio. It's intrusive if it's done right. If you've if you've got creative ads that are that are catchy that there's, there's something about the ad that makes you pay attention, that's shocking broca. You can use that in radio ads, you can use that in displays, you can use that all kinds of uh ways, but I guess I'm trying to give you an example if if you're if you're driving down the highway and I had an example, a customer asked me one day if I could deliver some product to him. He had bought some high cold gates, some panels for uh, a horse penning he was he was making up. And I said, sure, I can deliver them. I said, where, where do you live? He said, well, if you're east of Regina, or sorry, west of Regina, if you're driving down the uh, number 11, if you hit, once you see exit C, turn right and pull into my lane, he's a mile off the highway or whatever. I said, exit C. I'm not sure where that is. He said, well, where do you live? You live out that way, don't you? And I said, yeah, I live at Regina Beach at the time. He says, okay, well, you're passing exit C then twice a day, going to work and coming home from work. I said, well, okay, well, if he says there's a sign right on the highway, exit C. I said, okay, well, I'll watch for it then. This is the funny thing is that I drove by that sign every day for at the time, probably seven, eight years, never realized there was an exit C. There's also an exit A and an exit B. But I never paid any attention because I really didn't care. I had no interest in that. But if I seen a deer out in the field, I would take notice of that. And I could tell you where I seen that deer two days later. And that's shocking Broca. That deer was not supposed to be there. He's not there every day. In, in terms of bringing that home to maybe a Cowtown ad, I'm not going to ask you to sing a jingle yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that, but how what how do you apply that to a Cowtown ad to make it stand out? 
if it's a radio ad, for instance? Well, I guess for the biggest thing is our ad campaign is based on a, a long-term branding campaign is the way I like to uh, to brand or to to advertise our products. We don't advertise sale prices so much and, and you know, the manager's going away sale, it's the Boxing Day sale, it's all these phony sales because that becomes background noise on your radio. It's it's no different than the commercial that you, uh, that that's on television when you, when you're watching something you're interested in and a something, a, some kind of commercial comes on and doesn't catch your interest, that's usually the time you're taking a washroom break or getting up to grab another beverage or, or whatever. And, and you just don't pay attention to it. And radio is no different. It becomes background noise if it's like everybody else's. So in our campaign, we actually use our, our mascot or our spokesperson, if you want, it, it, it's a cow. It's, it's, it's a male, I guess it's a bull, but his name is actually Cow, kind of like the old boy named Sue from Johnny Cash deal. And uh, and he's got his own character, and then there's a straight guy that's got his own character. And if you're familiar with hockey in Canada, uh, the, the Don McLean, Ron Cherry, or Don Cherry, Ron McLean duo, uh, you've got one kind of guy that's kind of out there, crazy, and you got one guy more on the straight and narrow kind of keeping them in tune or keeping them in check when he has to. And we just simply have fun with our commercials, uh, make people laugh, put a smile on their face, but all the time you're branding your, your business. If I always use the example, if I wanted to put a saddle on sale, if I wanted to have a sale on saddles, I could put an ad in the newspaper and say, okay, my saddles are a hundred dollars off today. The only guy that, is going to see that is the guy that's actually in the market for a saddle that day. So if I can spend a thousand dollars on a paper ad to try and sell a saddle, I'm sitting down and I'm the customer and I'm sitting at my breakfast table or whatever, flipping through the newspaper. If I'm interested in a saddle, I'll stop and look at that ad. Only if I'm interested now, not six months from now. And if I'm not interested in it today, I flip right over that page. Radio is planting the seed on a consistent daily basis with our messages. Uh, consistency is very important that you're on and frequency is very important, but salience to your ads so that people, uh, you're planting the seed for the future so that when that rancher wakes up one morning and decides today's the day, geez, I need a new saddle. I got to see, I got to go to Cowtown. That seed's been planted so many times prior that, when he decides he needs a saddle or a pair of boots or a pair of jeans or or whatever products that we sell, uh, his first thought should be, I got to stop at Cowtown. So it sounds to me like what you're saying with your ads is you're entertaining rather than informing. Yeah, there's there's actually some both. I guess you're informing by entertaining, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What advice would you give to smaller businesses that are more localized retailers and they're attempting to compete with the big boxes out there? I guess passion is, to me, that's key. If you're not passionate about the business, get out of it. Don't fool yourself. There's there's so many people, and, and I guess you need a proper business plan. You need to be committed to, to going into it. We have a, a bit of a unique store, I suppose, or a, a bit of a unique business, and it kind of when people are around it, people come and see our, our store and they get involved a little bit and it can get, I don't know what the word is. There's a, there's a draw. There's a little bit of a love of, of, uh, 
the industry and and we'll have people actually come to us and say hey i'd like to do a maybe a cowtown franchise or i'd like to start a store okay what's what's making you think that well i see you guys selling lots of stuff at these trade shows or at agribition for example or i come into your store and it's busy and everybody's happy and things are fun and you got western wear and you got stuff and and um, i know people that have horses we got friends that have horses and and we'd like to start a store well that's not a real business plan you know it's it's not that easy it's you you got to live it breathe it eat it sleep it think it nonstop and you got to have those people that are passionate about it in that that way just to drive it how is cowtown responding to the move digital for many uh, retailers out there for the internet buying through mobile devices uh, researching through mobile devices uh, how's how's Cowtown responding to that? Do your customers, do you see your customers moving there, or are they still preferring to that in-store experience that you offer? I think there's there's probably some of both going on in, in the industry, and there's room for both. I think uh, customers are getting more savvy as far as researching products online and stuff, but but I feel like they really still want the experience of. Uh, coming into the store, dealing with a person, not a, not a website uh, or a f- someone on the phone. They, they, they like the personal contact. And if you're coming in to buy a saddle or a pair of boots, you want to make sure they fit. And yeah, you can order them over the internet, but there's a good chance that they're not going to fit properly when you get them and you're going to send them back. And it's a back and forth thing to maybe you get the right size where you can come into our store and get the personal attention and have someone actually fit a boot to your foot the way it should because there's there's different things you should know on how to fit a boot it's not the same as a running shoe that you can tie up and lace up and loosen off and uh, everything else it's got to fit right to start with Um, so I think it's I think there's room for both in our industry and I think uh, we're starting to use Facebook we're starting to use uh, Twitter and our website as I suppose more interaction with the customer it still boils down to interaction with the customer and ultimately we hope that leads to the customer visit to our store because that's where we can make the biggest impression on them is one-on-one with the customer how many locations is cowtown in currently Uh, we're in seven right now we've been growing in the last few years we started with the one store in regina uh, when master feeds bought us in in 01 and it took a couple of years for us to, we weren't part of the core business for Master Feeds. Uh, definitely, they're a 75-year-old feed company at the time uh, of the acquisition. And uh, I don't think we were originally in the plans to have a, for Master Feeds to have a retail store. So we needed to prove ourselves and, and they gave us that opportunity and that chance. When I first came to Cowtown, I remember looking at that business and to me it was just icing opportunity in blinking vegas lights that's how i seen this business there was so much opportunity to grow this and now that we've had uh once we got a couple years under our belt with master feeds and they and they gave us that chance to grow they supported us and let us grow and you know now we're seven stores and growing and now with all tech behind us i see Again, huge opportunity for growth. Well, speaking of growth, what other things do you think uh, the future holds for Cowtown? Is it just growth? Is it 
different products? Is it uh, digital? Yeah, I suppose all of the above. I, I really do see opportunities for, for everything there. Um, we have just at home alone in our own area. I mean, we've got plans for stores in, in other markets where we think we can really serve uh, the markets we know well. Overseas, I think there's huge opportunity for growth in, in stores. We've sold for a number of years now. We've sold to uh, people in Australia, for example. And, and usually it starts with, again, that personal contact. You get some young guys coming over there from, from Australia in the, in the, on the rodeo circuit. And at some point they get through our store and they buy jeans or boots. And, and when they get home, it's funny because they've, now they start telling people back home in Australia about us, about our store. And we get calls and, and we end up shipping stuff to Australia. Uh, and again, it was from that original personal contact. You, you make that first impression with the customer. So I think there's opportunity to grow overseas, uh, possibly down here in the States, uh, definitely back home in Canada. Uh, the website, of course, will become a bigger and bigger thing. Uh, digital media, for sure, is going to become bigger and bigger for us in, in the future. Uh, this is my first kick at a podcast. I, I've heard of them, but never knew what one was till today. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, welcome to the podcast. Bro. There you go. Yeah. What's something that you wish customers knew about Cowtown? I guess I just you hope to instill on every customer that comes in the door that uh, we're passionate about our business and, and we're passionate about our customers. We, we look to make relationships with our customers, relational sales versus transactional sales. There's always going to be the, the transactional sale, the, the customer that comes in and, and it's just whatever, come in and buy a pair of jeans because you happen to be there. But long-term relationships are what keeps customers coming back and what keeps customers coming to your store rather than the next store. If I look at our pet food category, that's one that everybody's in that category. You can buy pet food from a big box pet store. You can buy it from a grocery store. You can buy it from a service station. You can buy it at Walmart. You can buy it at Costco. You can buy it at Canadian Tire. Everybody's in that market, but yet it's our fastest growing sector of the business for Cowtown. And I believe firmly it's because we go the extra mile, we pay attention to our customers, we try to get to know our customers to the point of getting to know their dogs, their pets, their their dogs or their cats, and you get to know their names. And when that customer walks in and he's got Sparky on the leash with him and, and you acknowledge the dog and give the dog a treat, it's like, it's like, picking their kid up and giving them a hug. It's that pet is part of the family and it really becomes personal. Randy LaMontagne is the general manager of Cowtown, a retailer with seven locations in Southern Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta. Thank you for listening. To hear other conversations with many of the featured speakers at one, the Alltech Ideas Conference, visit ideas.alltech.com. Access is free after signing up. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture.